Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. We would love to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. Here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our coaching, training, and our workshops, but we also do that through the guests that we bring to this podcast. I'm grateful today to have Brian Sanders. Brian is a market leader with Cohatch. Cohatch is a new way to work. More than co-working, Cohatch is a way to work, meet, and live. Brian is a Tampa Bay native, so he's local here, Central Florida, like I am, and he grew up in St. Pete. Brian has a and his wife have raised their six children in Tampa and are deeply committed to the well-being of the area. Brian is a social entrepreneur, and we'll talk more about that and why he joined Cohatch today. But Brian, welcome to the show today. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Uh, it's so exciting to have you on the podcast, and we're going to do what we do with all of our guests. We're going to ask you our signature question. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Brian Sanders? I guess you're you're a big John Maxwell fan, right? He would say maybe leadership is influence. So I can't I can't deny that, of course. But I think for me, dude, the older I get, leadership is about love. You know, it's kind of like, uh, do you love the thing you're doing? Do you love the people you're working with? And I, I increasingly find it difficult to find any uh, dimension or definition of leadership that does not include that. So that probably has something to do with power too, like the use of power, which influences kind of relational power or whatever. So for me, I, I you know, I probably have, would, would have been styled a leader my whole life in different forms, um, organizational, political, social leader. But more and more, I just think, man, what is, what is leadership without love, without the love of your community, the, the thing you're doing, the people you're with? Um, the actual outcomes of what it is you're leading people toward. So I suppose there probably is a version of leadership that's loveless, you know, um, but it's not for me. And, and probably I would, I would be in favor of maybe trying to remove that somehow from the world. So I don't know. Yeah. That's just what came to mind. You know, Brian, we began asking this question after episode 69, we had a guy by the name of Larry Levine on the, on the podcast he wrote the best-selling book, uh, Selling from the Heart. And then Larry encouraged me to ask a signature question. And we started doing that. And that led to this book, We Have Voices for Leadership. I have now asked that question of 70 people on the podcast. And I've asked probably over another 50 people when I interview them about our book, the Voices for Leadership book. I get a different answer every time. This is the first time I've heard leadership is love. And that is amazing. I'm, I'm learning that leadership is kind of like DNA. We all have our own ways to lead. You know, we, we were asking for diverse society and respect diversity, and we need to respect diversity in leadership. And, and I think it's just great. You know, you, you mentioned John Maxwell. John Maxwell has a lot of laws and principles, and those are great. However, I've, I've been learning they may not be applicable to everyone. And, and so we need to be cautious that we don't apply, you know, principles and laws to, to everything in life. So that some things we have some flexibility with. Well, the le leadership also doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? It's, 
it's something applied endemic to the time in which we live. So probably also we're we're responding to sort of errors in leadership and, and we're we're constantly evolving our notion of leadership. Not not progressively like it's better and better and better over time, but it's like correcting mistakes that are being made in leadership. So I think in the last maybe 20, 30 years, there's been a real expose on a misuse of power from leaders. So then what does that do? That makes us think more deeply about maybe there's these other elements of leadership, which has to do with servanthood or has to do with the advancement of others, not just your own goals or your own needs. And so, you know, some of it is like responding too, right? It's leadership is many things, but right now, what it needs to be is this or that or whatever. So I wonder if that's also part of it, that it that it's evolving. I think you're right. And that is, you know, a great way to lead into what we're going to talk about today about the new ecology of work. In fact, we're, we faced the, the great resignation and we're talking about these quiet quitters. And I heard, <clears throat> excuse me, I heard yesterday the application of people being quietly fired where they don't really fire them, but they just don't use them like they used to. And so that is created, you know, in, in the pandemic, you know, this two years of just working from home and all these different things. And in the middle of this, uh, someone starts this thing called Cohatch, and that's what you're involved with. Uh, tell us about why Cohatch is different and, and how you intentionally design a co-working space. Well, maybe it would be helpful to maybe make a personal connection uh, to Cohatch. You know, I, I, um, most of my career has been spent in kind of the nonprofit world. And I, you know, in 2007, we created a nonprofit incubator, which has helped to, you know, encourage an accelerator to, to sort of build and grow um, thousands, really, actually, nonprofits all around the world. And so when I, when I sort of gave that organization, which I founded over to a younger executive team, because I just thought it needed to be run by younger people than me, um, you know, I was looking for something and, and this is when I met the guys at Cohatch. It's a Columbus based, it's an Ohio based company, which is pretty, it's now densely growing in the Midwest, but it's, 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 it's kind of farthest reach now is trying to open in Florida. Um, but I'll tell you the reason why I was drawn to it is because it's not, look, co co-working itself is a sort of important idea in our time. Just the idea of sharing, like a shared economy that, you know, I, I could I could buy my own office for my say ten person team, and and whatever that outlay is, and I have to have a break room, and I have to have meeting rooms, and I have to have a copy machine, and I have to have you know pay the light bill and whatever. Uh, or I could I could share that space with another company, or and so just starting to think about that, I, I just think that's a breakthrough idea in the last maybe twenty years is that this idea of a sharing economy. There's money to be made. There's advantage to be gained in reciprocity and mutuality and beginning to see each other as collaborators, not competitors. That that whole that whole notion about what business is 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 changing like before our eyes. So that's important anyway. But then these guys had this sort of additional culture or thing of like they they cared about the cities and the communities where they wanted to to build these locations, these sites. So just as, as a contrast to other big box kind of um, co-working um, brands, which don't own real estate. So, for example, just actually saying we're going to we're going to be here, we're going to buy this real estate, not just rent it, but own it and become a part of these communities and then understand what's rich about them, 
understand the assets and then find a way to to lift even to restore old buildings and and become a part of of solutions for communities so that really drew me in because of my own concern for nonprofits and then this idea of like creating these mixed economy ecosystems essentially so not just for-profit businesses sharing a space and networking together and lifting each other's businesses but actually not for-profit and civic and startups and for-profit enterprise all in the same space somehow kind of um, enriching each other cross-pollinating each other i'm really interested in that that feels to me like i don't know a, a sort of cutting edge for how things grow the whole idea of network effects network technology that actually we're moving how power is distributed in the world right now is less about institutions or hierarchies and more about networks nodes in networks and we're joining networks because we see the power of networks and essentially Cohatch is like has that in its heart and so there's there maybe maybe it's back to the idea of love like there's a component of like we want to love the places we are the people we work with the the visions people have for their companies and for their nonprofits or whatever so all of that really drew me in and honestly i just think it's a learning thing it's for me personally i want to see how it goes and i want to see what how we are changed by these environments what we learn from them um how how we how we learn to thrive and and flourish not just as individuals but as businesses and as communities and and so on. So that's that's probably a really long answer to your question, but that's I think I think it's it's personal for me. I probably would still be just doing nonprofit stuff, um, dabbling a little bit in for-profit ventures, but being drawn more into this this side of things because of that mixed view of it, like of everyone benefiting, and really being a platform, a service service platform. So not just B two B, like. Not just like I, I, we are a business that sells to businesses, but actually we want to create a platform where all of our members or all of our businesses can thrive, can flourish. And that in of itself is a kind of new idea, new social technology of not just, not just sort of selling something to businesses, but actually creating a platform where every business can somehow benefit. Yeah, Brian, it, it's exciting. And, and I'll just give my little backstory on the Cohatch experience. I got invited to do a tour of the, the new construction here in Lakeland, Florida. And I love to see construction sites. That's my 28 year background is, is construction. And, uh, and I say I went from building buildings to now I like to build people. And, and when I visited, you know, as you alluded to, for the last 20 years, the, the whole co working thing, it's been amazing. It's been in, invigorating and thriving. But the scale that I saw Cohatch doing it on and realizing you're not just co-working with people in your local community, you can network across the Cohatch community. And, and, and that is, that, that, to me, that's a game changer where you can actually work with and be a member and show up in another city and be able to use that space. Uh, that, that's going to change things, in my opinion. You know, the whole co-working thing, again, is amazing. And some of our local providers here they do a wonderful job and I know you're collaborating with some of them but to to realize this this is a network of people across the system you're basically creating an ecosystem for for people to thrive in it's just a, I think it's innovative and that's why I want to have you on the show as a leader 
Yeah, it, that is interesting because it's almost like in a local community, you want to network, you want to know businesses. And look, Lakeland is so like that. It's, I mean, I'm falling in love with Lakeland because Lakeland just has this kind of, it's growing, it's it's forward thinking, but it also has this kind of small town, we look out for each other thing. There's there's such a thread of philanthropy that runs through the, the city and the way business is done. And so it's a, it's a, it's a lovely place, a, an amazing place to work. But even seeing that community, which is networked together, probably also needs to extend networks into Tampa and St. Pete and Clearwater and Orlando and Bartow and all, you know, all the places we do business and all the places where we actually need. To, so it's actually networks of networks. So us building, for, us starting off by building four locations in this sort of West Central Florida and wanting to build probably another dozen in the next couple of years. I think it's to your point. It's it's understanding that's what we need. Actually, we we have business relationships, we have friendships, we have nonprofit connections, just out not just in Lakeland, but in in these sort of neighboring cities in the region in which we live. So you're right. It's it's part of it. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. talk about the whole cultural change we've dabbled around it with this but this whole you know working from home hybrid working uh people that have decided to start their own business and it is easy to do because of technology because of networking uh talk about the cultural change and what you're seeing yeah i mean there's there's a number of studies out um i've seen different numbers the the work from anywhere movement which actually started i want to say in the late 70s um there, there were certain kind of um, government-based businesses which tried it. Um, but, you know, that, that obviously is emerging in a new, different way in our time. But, you know, one study I saw, people are 16% more productive when they're allowed to work from home or work from anywhere. Another one I saw, which, which their, their term was radical flexibility, like giving people the freedom to work at the office, to work from home, to work from a coffee shop, to work from a co-working space, whatever. In other words, to, to make that decision yourself, where am I most productive? And on this given day, what kind of work do I need to do? And what's the best location for that? Increases productivity by, say, 19%. I think that was one of the surprises from COVID is that when people had to go home and work at home, people said, well, there goes productivity. Like, you know, it's just going to go in the garbage can. And that just wasn't, isn't what happened. Um, now I, I know some people probably, uh, you know, took a long time to make a grilled cheese sandwich or something and, and, uh, or, or, you know, maybe weren't, weren't, uh, putting their shoes on. Uh, but, but, but across the board, the, the, the numbers are that people were more productive. They, they got more done. And that's really interesting to consider what that means and why. Probably uh, there's a guy called Cal Newport who wrote a really great book called Deep Work. You know, he makes the argument that we've lost because of the way we work, because of the speed in which we, the speed in which we work. And because we're, we're constantly have to talk to people, we don't have that space to do that deep thinking. That's sort of like 
get into a groove and not be interrupted and and so there is a need for that and maybe that's a part of what what flexibility does is it it allows you time and space to create um, room for deep work you know to have four hours uninterrupted or something um, and and what you can get done the kind of work that can be done not just for knowledge workers but for for a lot of people in a lot of their jobs they need a little bit of uninterrupted time and increasingly that's hard to get to you know so I think that's probably one of the dynamics is is learning that we need to give people the freedom to get out of the office so to speak um, and then, and then, and now it's hard to come back from that. You know, once you've tasted that, like my, my, uh, my, I have a grandson, a little, he's, he's four now, but my daughter is vegetarian. So he's like, he eats like broccoli stocks and you know, like for a snack, he'll just have, which makes no sense. But recently he, he got a hold of some candy. And so now he, he's not interested in broccoli, you know, <laughs> like, like once you've tasted sugar, you know, it's really hard to go back to, I want a carrot for a snack or something. So that this is part of it is like, we've tasted that freedom, that productivity, that, that, that sort of creative control over our work environments. And now even, even corporate clients that we work with, we're, we're starting to realize they're, they're looking and they're saying, we, we have a certain amount of money, a certain amount of, you know, outlay that we can do for officing, but we, we, we don't think we can force our people to all come back every single day. So they're doing a hybrid where they let them work from home some, come back. But now you have this 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 massive you know uh, square footage that you have to pay for that's really only being used a quarter of the time or a third of the time. Uh, so it, it just begs the question, what's the next iteration then? Because look, there's a paradox here, Brian. I mean, I think you know this. Like if you just let people work from home the whole time, they'll get a lot of deep work done, but they'll get no teamwork done. Right. They'll get no. So, so I think I think the knock on effect from from working from home and covid was we lost relationships. We lost we lost, you know, communication started to fail. And and I, so there is there is a paradox. We, we really need to give people the freedom to work from home. And that radical flexibility is a powerful tool in the next iteration of work. But we still have to create stability and we still have to create strong relational communal components for the people that work with us and work for us. So there it is. I mean, that's the, that's the horns of the dilemma. How do we have a stable workplace and allow people freedom to work wherever they want? Uh, and this is, this is part of what I think something like Cohatch, but other, other iterations too are trying to solve that problem for us, essentially to create places where you can come and go access to meeting rooms where you can have team meetings once a week or even once a day. And then you could stay and work there with people if you need that that relational connection, or you could dip out, or we can find a private space in the co-working area. You know that I think that kind of um, the the point is flexibility and stability. Those things have to be held in tension. Uh, relationship and freedom to work alone or work at home. And look, some people we we all worked from home and we got sick of like our dog and we got sick of you know, our kids screaming in the background or whatever. So it's like even even enjoying the, the, the freedom and flexibility to, to work from home, you also still wish you could sometimes go in and wish you could sometimes get somewhere that feels a little more professional or where you can mix with people, which also is part of the deal. If we all just work from home, our networking is just going to tank. And because a lot of the way business is done now is through relationships, where are we, where are we building those relationships? You know, that's, that's a puzzle we have to solve.
I love the fact you bring up all the different scenarios and, and how people have to do some stability and some flexibility. I was a guest on a, a Fox affiliate in Charleston several months ago now, and they were talking about returning back to work and the hybrid. And, and the one thing that I would just encourage anybody I'm coaching or training or any business I'm working with, we have to have clear expectations and clear ground rules. If we're, if we're going to work two days a week at home and three days, we need to make sure everybody understands that and that we're going to lay those expectations out clearly so we don't have you know, one person doing this and another person doing that. It's just not fair. Now, some companies can just have open policies. And that's what, back to that you know, whole leadership thing, DNA, different. Every organization has their own culture. But some people need that interaction with others and that team building. And, and others can absolutely work by themselves. And I think you got to understand that and recognize what the culture of the business is and, and what the team wants and, and, and ask questions and make sure that we're, we're all on the same page and the expectations are laid out. Yeah, that's well said. That's exactly right. Well, Brian, we are at the end of our podcast. This time flew fast here. It's, it's great. I was talking about how these cultural changes are coming, not just for your, you know, cohatch, but other workplaces, these, these hybrids, all this stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the energy it brings to the industry. Uh, and again, I just hope that everyone recognizes that it needs to be designed, as you said, be intentional with the design of the workspace, but also be intentional with the, with the policies and procedures to make it effective and productive. So where can our guests find out more about you and more about cohatch? Our yeah. listeners, not our guests. Yeah, sure. Yeah, cohatch.com is a great place to go. You'll see that we are kind of building in Florida and um, uh, expanding there. So we'd love to give you a tour, show you around if that's something you're interested in, in one of the, the four cities we're currently building in. Um, but yeah, I I, I just want to kind of echo what you said a second ago, like listening to people, listening to our people. What, a, what an amazing novel idea that is. <laughs> And maybe that's like, how can we lead people we don't really know and we don't really understand? And that sort of, you can't design something. I mean, all of design thinking teaches us that you start with empathy. You start with like the user. And so I love that. Maybe that's a good, a good sort of parting thought is thinking about the people we lead are also the people that we're committed to, to their, their thriving, their flourishing, whatever. We want them to do well so that our businesses can do well, our enterprise can do well. So yeah, and Cohatch wants to be a part of that. So I, th I think it's genuine. I think they that's so if 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 someone listening is needs something like that or is looking for something like that, we'd love to be to, to partner with you in that. Well, Brian, again, thank you for your time today. And for those that are listening to the podcast, we'll include that in the show notes. How to get in touch with Brian and find out more about Cohatch. I appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Do me a favor, go over to wherever you're listening to this. Leave us an honest rating and review. Share this podcast with others. I know someone in your network could learn from some of the things Brian shared with us today. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.